am I, who am I to, to be so naive to think that people would have burner accounts on Twitter, right? But here's the thing, not just people in general, athletic people, referees having burner accounts. The way I thought of this world is so far gone that um, you just can't trust anything anymore. And I've heard how strict and thorough and detailed a background check is when it comes to referees. Why? Because, you know, we had the incident some odd years ago between the what it was the Rams and the Saints playoff game. And there was a non-call, a, a, a pass interference call that wasn't called. And then later there was some speculation that the referee in that area, born and raised in L.A., and was a Rams fan. Right? You fast forward. You, I mean, well, actually, if you rewind, you have the, um, what was my guy's name? Was it Jeff, uh, Don, Donahue? If I'm not mistaken, I may have gotten this wrong, uh, his name wrong. But this was also the ref that was um, making bets on games. And even swaying certain games a certain way to honor that bet. And it just had me thinking, like, yeah, you, because you know, obviously, me being a Laker fan, we've heard plenty of uh, conspiracies and um, you know things like that, especially when it comes to Vegas. Obviously, the most popular one that comes to mind is when we faced the Sacramento Kings in the early two thousands. You know, that was probably the most talented Sacramento team. Uh, of all time, I could say that with even with the you know with what they did this year or this past season, I would still give the most talented roster for the Sacramento Kings of all time was in the early two thousands when they had you know at one point they had Jason, they had Jason Williams, uh, then they had Mike Bibby, you know uh, Doug Christie, um. Who else did we have? Turkaloo. We had Chris Weber. We had Vlade Divac. Uh, Bobby Jackson. Yo, they had a squad. And they and they had my Lakers up against the ropes. Right. And, you know, for a lot of people, and which is true though. If it wasn't for Robert Ori, you know, who is in the Lakers jersey, a part of our team who's supposed to knock down those shots. If it wasn't for him, you know. History might have, may have been different, right? But the reason why I bring up that series is because, uh, obviously, people that don't like the Lakers was pressing the point that that series was fixed and they did not want the Sacramento Queens to advance over those uh, that particular Lakers squad. So on and so on and so on. They never bring up the possible conspiracies 
prior to us with other teams, such as the Chicago Bulls, uh, such as the Boston Celtics. They just don't, you know. They think that every other team that has won championships have done it the right way, except for the Los Angeles Lakers. And that's cool. I could roll with that. I don't have any problem with that because everything is already done. And I recently found out if you're not cheating, then you're not trying, right? And they've been saying that for ages. When you think of college basketball and college football, you have to deal with a lot of recruiting. And when you look at the football side aspect, you got the Alabamas, you got the LSUs, you know, you got these popular Power Five uh, football programs, you know, the Ohio States, the Michigans of the world. At one point here and there, there was the USC's of the world. You know, you got these football schools that get these, you know, the Oklahoma's, the Texas of the world. They get top notch recruits every year, you know, and some will say, how do they consistently get these top quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, DBs, linebackers, defensive linemen, offensive linemen. These offensive linemen are built like towers, right? And then everybody else gets to pick it, you know, yeah, the, the rest of the, the straggling four, three, two stars of the world. But now with, you know, obviously with the transfer portal, it, it can get a little bit crazy. But for the most part, that's just how it's been. Like you're the top dog. You get the pick of the litter at the very top. You know what I mean? And, you know, when if you're not really in depth about how recruiting goes as far as the visits, uh, coach and recruiters, assistant coaches, Whoever is a part of your staff visiting these games, these tournaments, uh, these quarterback uh, tournaments and things like that, uh, you just you, you wouldn't you wouldn't really understand. One of my favorite movies of all time is Blue Chips and Blue Chips dealt with a coach who was, you know, struggling at keeping his program afloat um, and felt like he had to go beyond and beneath to get these, well, not necessarily the head coach, you know what I mean? It was more so uh, these players knowing their worth, but also knowing about the game and actually asking for, you know, potentially getting my mother a job so that she could be close to me and so I won't be homesick. And, you know, can you drop off that duffel bag that's full of, money and I need a new tractor, you know, this, that, and the third. Um, and then you also have the players that are helping the point spread when it comes to betting, you know what I mean, to make some money on the side or something like that. It gets real nasty. And Blue Chips came out in the 90s, right? So we, we're here in, in 2023, and there's just different ways of manipulating the game now. Uh, my son recently, and I got to give a shout out to my son and his his basketball program, his AAU program, uh, the ISO, Team ISO. And um, they we recently just got back from Vegas this past uh, Memorial weekend, and he had a tournament. I, You know, me and my wife was definitely upset about that in the beginning because it's like we hate making that drive, even though it could be anywhere from three to four hours. 
we just hate that drive. We've been making that drive so many times in our lives. As short as it may sound to some people who travel longer than that, it's just so nerve wracking. The the same because it, it, uh, is it more than one way to get to Vegas? Absolutely, but the shortest way uh, is just so long and dragged out. Shout out to Baker. That city is probably the biggest city in between uh, Las Vegas and uh, L.A. But um, the reason why I brought up that is because um, you know they they won a tournament this year. They won a tournament. They won that particular tournament this year and they won rings. So I want to give a special shout out to them. But I want to bring up that whole AAU aspect is if y'all don't really understand how this AAU thing works now, uh, it's out of hand. It's out of control. It takes away the passion and love from the game. Uh, and because these kids are being taught something other than fundamentals. It's no longer about working hard and getting on because getting on certain on certain teams was a blessing. You had to work hard to get on some of these teams, and you still do to a certain degree. You know, there's a lot of EYBL teams that you just can't, hey, I want to pay my money and get on this team. No, you got to be good enough to play on those teams. A lot of these players, you, 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 for you, um, regular pedestrians out there that's paying monthly fees, that's one aspect of AAU. That's not the only one. You know, some of these kids, uh, still pay, and some of these kids don't have to pay. Some of these kids are in uh, Maine, Idaho, Jersey, Florida, Houston, and getting flown out every week, every weekend, to come down here to Southern California to play in some of these tournaments. We have some of the greatest tournaments in, in this country, you know what I mean? Um because of we we have a we have a lot of gems, and I got to give a shout out to Vegas too. Vegas hosts a lot of great tournaments as well, you know, because they got a lot of land, they got a lot of space, they got a lot of gems out there that they run out, especially in the summertime. If y'all ever come out here during the summer league, uh, just peep like the whole city just shuts down for basketball. Now, and when I say shut down, doesn't mean that everything is just everything is just focused on like if you go to any part doesn't matter if you're on the west side or you let them break down how Vegas is to you but i didn't been all over Vegas in multiple gyms from UNLV to one of the local parks on Martin Luther King you know what i mean so uh and they will <clears throat> it will be nothing but bad and then you don't really you know some people don't know that that's where the USA basketball team practice at and they be having they be having private workouts and things. And the only reason why I know this is because um, I I know some people that I know some people that know some people. Let's put it like that. And and you wouldn't believe that you could be visiting Vegas for a couple of days and don't, and don't even know this superstar, this superstar. And same thing with LA. You know, you come down here. There's a lot of private runs at UCLA. And other private gyms that they opened up that you may not be aware of. But the, this AAU thing is crazy, man. Is These kids, the, from the moment your, your son or daughter pick up that ball and start playing for a traveling team, they have a price on their head. And they can start off from zero. And then it goes up and it goes up and it goes up. And what does that price mean? That means the better they are. The, the more competition they play, the more important games that they play <clears throat> or entertaining games, the higher the price goes up. And that's just what it is. That's just what it is. Some kids are good enough to where they don't have to play monthly. Right. 
And some kids are just, they play good enough to make a, a great squad, but they still got to pay. You know, my son was playing for a team out here before he was playing for ISO. He was playing for another team. And the monthly fees was reasonable. Uh, but then once uh, an NBA player, a young NBA player by the name of Jalen Green attached his name to the program, the price went up. The bricks went up to like nine, almost $1,000 or whatever. Um, but that's what I that's what I want to explain. That when it comes to sports in general, the conspiracies, the money that's behind it, Vegas, all kind of stuff. It's part of like sports has replaced entertainment. We still get movies, we still get TV shows, Broadway shows, all that other shit that comes with it. But sports have has replaced your typical um, entertainment because there's so much drama involved now. But at the same time, you don't really don't be so. I want to say, and and say anybody that's listening to this, don't be offended when I say this, but don't be ignorant that these professionals can be as normal as regular human beings. And what I mean by that is when we found out that Eric Lewis, one of the NBA's uh, veteran refs, had a burner account. It's like, wow, you know, it still surprises you because you when you grow up watching sports. You look at reps a certain way, you know, and they talk about referees every year. And because it seemed like lately within the past, what I would say to keep it safe, roughly between the last five to seven years um, because of technology. And I think people are starting to complain a little bit more. Just, you know, that's the way of the world. People love to complain more now, especially because we're uh, the online aspect. People voices are being heard and seen more. So some people just like to complain just to do it. But now it's like you add that aspect plus social media and the fact that technology has advanced so much for sports in general it's like, how could you get the call wrong? You know what I mean? Um, and recently, I want to say as of last week, or the, going into the weekend, we recently found out that Eric Lewis had a burner account. Now, the last time we heard of a burner account, KD was attached to it. And it just shows you that you're going to get these jokes. But it's also a serious emotional situation that we need to check about because it's like these players, these refs are showing you that I, I'm not only human. I will never make an excuse for that because who have been making burner accounts before these players was doing it? Regular pedestrians. Women did it a lot. Women would make burner. I, and the only reason why I can use them as an example confidently is because multiple women have came to me and said, yeah, this is what we do when we want to spy on somebody. Whether they spying on a, a, a boyfriend, a husband, or friends, or even their own siblings, you know, for sibling rivalries. They would create a fake account, follow that account, just to see what they up to. I've heard of this. when I And I didn't too much care about it because I don't do it. You know what I mean? I don't do it. But I get it, though. I get it, like... People are naturally nosy. When it came to KD, it was about defending himself. When it came to Eric Lewis, it's the same thing. But this is a referee 
that is, first of all, in great shape. So he got to be somewhere in his about 50s or 60s. Uh, but he's good. He looks good for his age. Obviously, he's running up and down the court and stuff like that. But my point is to be that old, worrying about somebody's opinion about your job, which I know it sounds crazy because you, you should be able to defend yourself. But these referees and, I, and and again, I never went through the training or anything like that, but I'm pretty sure they tell you like, yo, they get yelled at. Referees used to give death threats back in the day. Now, that's going too far, but. It's so normal now for these referees to get attacked online. It's like more. So it's like, how do you even get them prepped and trained? And I know they have training courses. You gotta, you gotta train for this new shit. If you, if you getting trained to deal with criticism in real time while you're refereeing at your job, at your job, you're getting yelled at most of the game. Most of the game, and the only reason why it might come out just a little good, or you people might forget about it, or 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 quiet down a bit, is if you're refing the home team at their at their arena, and the home team comes out with a W, it's not too much criticism you're gonna get. Nowadays there is because um, people still want to complain just just to complain. You know what I mean? At the same time. I know they put you through a training to where you have to be emotional. You got to keep your emotions in check. Making a burner account to back up your calls is a whole different level of... That's crazy. That's crazy. Here's Here's the thing. Here's the thing. What I'm not against is you defending yourself. What I am against is if there's too many obviously blown calls and we don't know if you get disciplined for that. We just don't know. And and in today's world, they like to share a lot of information and sometimes they don't share a lot of information. I think that hurts the game a lot when we don't know if things are being corrected. And like I said, within the past, you know, few years, there has been some complaints about the officiating and it has been, uh, it's not like it's just pointless complaining. Like there has been some bad calls, including that Saints versus Rams game, including, you know, that, that year Dallas was in the playoffs and they played Detroit. And it was a no call uh, when Dallas played against Green Bay and the catch that Dez made and they called it in. That was a bad call. That was a bad. That was definitely a catch. I watched it. I was at an AAU tournament watching it on the big screen. And I was like, wow, <laughs> I was like, wow, they really did that. That was a catch. You know what I mean? And it was just a lot of bad a lot of bad calls, man. I know I'm jumping everywhere, but I'm just telling you how long this shit has been happening. You know, I don't I don't really watch too much regular season baseball. But you hear things here and there. You know what I mean? Um, I don't really get to my Dodgers till the postseason. But when I lock in, I lock in and it's like you just, as a fan, you get into it and you start to see, like, were they making these errors all year? You know what I mean? Um, yeah, because the sad thing about it is 
The refs do dictate sometimes how the game goes. They do it every so often. You know what I'm saying? And when I mean every so often, it's not like once or twice a season or a postseason. No, it's damn near every other game or or something like that. And uh, understand when I say this, a lot of y'all wouldn't un- understand when I say this. You ever watch your team play in a series and then that first game, you know, all the calls is going towards that home team. And then you say, I can't wait for us to get back home. Why? Because it's just not about the home crowd. It's not about your role players being familiar with the spots on the floor and the feeling, the energy in the building because you at home. No, it's because you assume that the calls that that team that you played against away, you would get those same type of calls at, you would get those same type of calls that that team got at their home. You would get those same type of calls at home because of the momentum. Because you know in your head, these refs are going to make more calls for the home team than the away team. That is a problem. We never really talk about that. The referees are supposed to be non-biased all the way through and through. But that's so difficult to do. It's difficult for you to find a, a ref that doesn't have ties to a team. And, you, and they don't have to be directly connected to that team. It could be the hate for another team. Their team could not make the playoffs, but because the team that they don't like or have a rival of, you, they might make a few bad calls towards that team because they don't like them. Or it could be a conference thing, or it could be a divisional thing. It can go either way. You could probably root for the team that's in your division and hate against the team that they're playing against. Or it could be the other way around. You can hate the team that made it that far in your division and start making calls that favor their opponent. And for me to believe that that's never been a thing in any sport, I will never be that naive or stupid. Never. Not after seeing uh, world-class athletes having burner accounts. Referees having burner accounts. That's attached to their emails, by the way. Hey, hey, man, is to me, again, it's like what I said earlier. If, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. In some cases, that just makes whatever the result is, that makes it that much better. And what do I mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is, let's just say your run to the finals and you actually win but some of those calls were against you and they were wrong. You just, you, you beat the odds. You really beat the odds instead of beating a team evenly. Like that's crazy. That's crazy. Cause do I believe a ref can dictate the outcome of, of a game? They can, but I don't think they have full control. If that makes sense. Cause you can't predict for a player to go off like a Jimmy Butler or Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan or something like or Steph Curry, these type of players, you know what I'm saying? Jamal Murray's of the world. These type of players, the Devin Bookers, when they get hot, they get hot and they go off. You know what I mean? And it's like, sometimes it's like watching an artist paint. You know, it don't matter if you throw a little 
if you throw colors on that canvas, they just know how to work with the colors that you throw on there. They not missing that day. And sometimes you got to sit back and you watch that shit. You know, sometimes they do some shit that's so good. Like you have to make that call. There's a such thing as for it's called a made up call. That you missed the first one. So we're going to give you the second one. There was a thing about the Jordan rule. Like when Jordan got big enough, he got every call he wanted. That's what was said. Was it true? Nobody will ever come out and admit to it. Nobody would go back on believing it was. Some, some people will believe that it's not. Do I believe it's true? Yes, I believe, but I don't believe he's the only player that I've ever gotten that. I don't think he's the only player that has ever gotten that in history. I think he benefited from a lot. And I think a lot of the players benefit, benefited from it as well. They just didn't achieve as much as he did. That's why the criticism of him is so high, along with a few other players. You know, they came out and said, uh, I'm going to say they. I, I don't want to use as they in this type of situation. But the hack-a-shack is a thing. But it was a, a known a, a known theory that the reason why Shaq wasn't getting a lot of calls is because he was too big. That makes no sense at all. You call a game how it's supposed to be called. You know, it's very it's very few games that we watch where the out where you just seen just perfect officiating. Because again, you being a fan, the only time you probably seen a perfect ref game. It's probably when you wasn't watching your team <laughs> or a team that you or, or a team that, uh, that you didn't hate. You know, when you was being totally neutral and you have a dog in that fight, you know. But I want to say that's nasty. That's nasty. You can never know. I mean, truth be told, as a Raiders fan, I do believe that um, we're behind the eight ball. I, I believe in certain sports conspiracies. I believe because Al Davis beat the NFL in court that I could possibly never see my Raiders win a Super Bowl in the, in the near or far future. I believe they, well, they would be blackballed or cast out as the black sheep of the NFL because how egotistic and, and, and how, uh, um, you know, headstrong the NFL is. They don't like to lose at anything. The shield is, they call the shield is the shield. When they say the shield, it also reminds me of the, the police. It's like they're going to protect their own. They got a lot of, they got a lot of fish that they, they, they got to fry over there. You know what I'm saying? They dealing with the whole CTE protocols, knowing when and, and, and when not to put in players with uh, concussions. You know, they're dealing with that. They're dealing with the safety issues. They just changed the kickoff rule for the fair catch, automatic 25 yards, within the 25 yards. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. So they got a lot to deal with, but they do not like to lose. They don't want to lose because they've dealt with a lot of drama outside of the field um, a lot, way more than in the NBA. And we had some NBA players acting stupid, most recently John Morant, you know what I'm saying, with off-the-court issues. But when you look at the NFL, you had, you had a lot of players who had suffered and died from, you know, dealing with uh, CTE 
And then, you know, you had cats who became quote unquote murderers and, you know, committed suicide and, and, and such. You know, CTE is linked to a lot of uh, suicides, you know, rest in peace and, and shout out to Junior Seau, one of the greatest linebackers of all time. My boy Waldo used to go crazy, even wore his jersey number in high school. That was just, you know, that was back in the day when we used to wear our favorite players, you know, numbers and stuff like that religiously, you know. And to wake up one day to know that he committed suicide um, was crazy. And they said it was, you know, they checked his brain for CTE and then boom, you know, and Hernandez. You know, the list goes on and on and on. And you can't you can't find this out until you actually pass away and they study your brain. But a lot has been linked to it. And then you have other players, the Henry Ruggs of the world, who, you know, off the off the field issues. So they got the NFL has always had a lot to deal with on and off. You know what I'm saying? With the NBA, they they tried to make it a little tight and strict and stuff like that, changing the dress code, et cetera, et cetera, or whatever. But my point is the NFL never tried to lose. So one of my conspiracies was when they did lose in court to Al Davis. I thought it was all bad. You know what I'm saying? It's like, all right, you may have won the battle, but you're going to lose this war. That's my belief. That's my belief. But I say that to say a whole, the whole thing about Eric Lewis is don't be naive about these professionals being as human as possible. You know what I mean? There's no longer just a, a laughing type of thing or a shrug-off type of thing where, you know, these players come out and say they're dealing with stress and emotional uh issues and things like that uh, or they have characters issues off off the court and on the court you know you got these refs that's being um tied to uh vegas ties and vegas bets and things like that and burner accounts now it's is getting is getting nasty for the is leaving a black eye on sports in general you know it, it really is um Outside of that, I mean, let's get to let's get. I guess we can get to something positive now. And we had a game seven recently. We had a game seven between the Boston Celtics and Miami. Yes, am I being petty? Absolutely. As a Lakers fan, we hate everything about Boston, uh, the Boston Celtics. So you know, shout out to my boy Greggy. My boy Greg is is, is a Celtics fan, and I know, you know, he's been. Riding that wave because ever since Jalen Brown said, don't let us get one, they got one, they got two, they got three. After you come back from being down 3-0 in a seven-game series, you have every confidence in the world. You know, and that, at that point, we felt like Jimmy Butler. And it's funny how fans, uh, casual fans, uh, analysts, podcasters was – praising this Miami team and Jimmy Butler, but as soon as they gave up two to three games, they somehow wanted to go back to a alter, alternate reality and say, um, well, they shouldn't have been there in the first place. And is this the biggest upset in sports history? And it's no, no. You want to know what's one of the biggest upsets in sports history? The fact that uh, a number eight seed, beat a top seed in the Celtics. That's the upset right there. The fact that it went seven with an eighth, eighth seed should let you know that they all they was already playing with house money. Remember, they 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 came from the playing game. 
So they already did what they had to do. If they would have blown a 3-0 lead, that's not blowing a 3-0 lead. That's riding the wave till you couldn't ride it no more, especially with that roster that was there, if you really want to talk about it. I'm not a Miami Heat fan at all. I respect their organization, always have, never had a reason not to. Um, but the most importantly, like Jimmy Butler is one of my favorite players. I like Jimmy Butler. Never had an issue, but I was one of those people that got caught up in what the media was saying about him because he could, it seemed like he couldn't stay focused on carrying a team at the moment, you know, uh, the departure from Chicago, then you got the Minnesota, you got Philly, and it was like, well, damn, is he that much of a problem? You know, then he gets to Miami, which happened to be the perfect fit for him. And he showed in the bubble him carrying that team to the finals, literally damn near by himself. Although he did have help, but, you know, he was the anchor. Without Jimmy Butler, there is no Miami Heat. Whatever that culture is selling y'all, that doesn't happen without Jimmy Butler at all. At all. You know what I mean? They will be a fool to lose Jimmy Butler. Just like Philly is looking stupid right now. The Timberwolves been looking stupid. You know, and Chicago, I don't want to call them looking stupid, but they're going through their woes right now because um, they had Jimmy Butler organically, you know, but he ended up in the perfect place. You know, when Jimmy Butler was available at one point, I said, I'll take him. I just don't want to deal with that bullshit. I want to deal with that circus. You know what I mean? Uh, but that was him coming off of the Timberwolves and, and, and Philly run and stuff like that. Uh, well, the... The, the Timberwolves, and then when we heard about him taking the, uh, what was it, the the bench players, and and it was a scrimmage against the starters, and they whooped their ass, that's when I, I started to change my mind about Jimmy because I'm like, oh, maybe he just want to play hard. And I got to I gotta tip my hat to him because I went to Fremont, and all they taught us was to play hard, lock down on defense to create the offense, and play hard. We east side. We rough. All that. We get physical and we're going to play defense. And that's what that nigga does. He turns his defense into offense. They lock in. You know what I'm saying? And they and they go at it. And he just surrounded himself with some good cats. And the reason why I'm rooting for them as the underdogs against Denver is not because Denver whooped our ass. No, because it's more so I know what Jimmy Butler and that Miami Heat did. That, that roster is not that much different uh, outside of injuries. Right. Uh, they still got the core there. And um, they're talking about what you call it coming back to game three. Um, Tyler Hero. But regardless, they're, they've been doing great without him. And the fact that he has carried his team back to the finals within, what, three years? He's been to the finals twice within three years. That's phenomenal. And it's because of him, though. It's literally because of him. You know, um, so I got it. I don't want to, you know, I know I got to make a, I, I know I got to call it, you know what I'm saying? So I would say to give my respect to Denver because they are, they're the number one team in the league. Um, and they got the best player in the league to me in Joker. And they got one of the best playoff point guards in the league in um, Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray, by the way, is one is is him too. I know I mentioned it before, but he's one of those guys. If he stay healthy and he's in the playoffs, watch out. We seen him when in the bubble. He just he just happened to get injured in a bubble. Um, but he's always been him since, you know, obviously since college. Now, 
it's going to be a dogfight because I don't think anybody. I want to give. Um, I want to give Miami the benefit of the doubt how their defense can rotate and how they can move up and down the court and spread the court as well. Bam, he has a tough one, you know, because Bam had problems with AD, you know, but AD had problems with Joker. Everybody had problems with Joker. You know what I mean? <laughs> Everybody, even the reigning quote-unquote MVP of the league and Joel Embiid had problems with Joker. I don't know if they have an answer for him or not. In general, nobody has an answer for Joker when he's hot. But you never know what type of defensive schemes and strategies that they, that they might throw at Joker this series. And also, Joker got to play both ways, you know. So we'll see what Bam can do and how he can hold up. Jamal Murray, mm, they're going to gonna have to switch, 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 switch when it comes to him over the top because if you go up under, he shoots just as well as Curry. Not better, but just as well when he's on fire. He could definitely drop 17 in a quarter, which he has done before. Outside of that, we got to make sure Gordon doesn't get on that bully ball and do they got the player that could sustain that type of physical, that physicalness? So we'll see. I mean, because technically Miami is the underdogs, but I'm rooting for Jimmy. I honestly don't really care about the rest of the squad. I fucks with Jimmy Butler, and I want Jimmy Butler to. If you would love to see Joker and and Jamal Murray to get a ring, I do. I don't know if I want to see them get a ring over Jimmy Butler. It could be if they play Philly, I give it to Denver. If they played the Celtics, I for sure give it to Denver. But they're playing against Miami. And Jimmy Butler just did. You want to reward that type of player, that type of team. You know what I mean? That everybody got wrong. Every There's not one person, podcaster, analyst, uh, retired players, none of them. Not, nobody out of, out of the state of Florida had them going, doing what they did. Nobody. We all have respect and love for Jimmy Butler, but nobody had them doing what they did. This is damn near a Cinderella ride in the playoffs. So I respect it. I respect it a lot. Same, but the same thing with Denver, man. You got to give them, because that Denver squad has changed within the past three years, but not as much. Again, they still have their core over there. They still got Michael Porter. They still got Jamal. Over there, they good. They took KCP, who didn't play as well in a bubble, is now on their team with them. You know, so, and of course, the addition of Aaron Gordon that that helps. That helps because he. You got to remember, some of these cats used to were first round, early, you know, lottery picks. You know, they may have not panned out to be. Uh, superstars, but they're damn. They at one point they were the anchor of a team. They had the opportunity to carry a team, and because of injuries, uh, or even mental injuries, you know, where you just feel like you can't be that guy, and you got to reduce your role or something like that. You know, sometimes you get that motivation back, and you <laughs> and you tap into who you used to be. I, I want to mention that before I get up out of here. But shout out to Jimmy Butler. 
Miami Heat. Shout out to Joker and Jamal for Denver. The finals are set. Starts this Thursday. I'll be locked in. I got uh, Miami in six or seven. Yeah, I can't really call it. Um, just don't get swept, Miami, because it's going to look bad on y'all. At the same time, it's a lot of love that Jimmy getting regardless. But I went to go play basketball um, the other day, and I had to humble myself. And the reason why I said to humble myself, I hadn't played basketball in years. And what I mean by played basketball, going to put up shots from time to time and things like that is cool. I remember it was like a couple of years ago. Um, they used me as, as an extra player to help my son practice with his team. You know, they needed me to fill in. Um, but I haven't played pickup ball, you know, whether it was adult. Uh, an adult league or just going out to, to hoop. I haven't played in years. You know how some cats would say I haven't played in like three or four months. That's a long time in hoop world. When you in shape, that's a long time. But when you just a regular pedestrian dad, father, husband, I haven't played in years. Like consistently, I probably haven't played like that prior, like before the pandemic way before the pandemic, I would say. So it's been roughly about maybe anywhere between four to six years I haven't played basketball consistently, you know, and I, it has not been a part of my, my nothing on my schedule, nowhere near, and I haven't had the urge to go do it. I've always had the thought because I love basketball is my first love. So I will always have in my head like, dang, I need to go hoop, you know what I'm saying? Not just because I love it, but also to get in shape and, and get healthier, you know, at, run some of these pounds off and shit like that. I knew when I got, when I got, um, picked up, when we got on the floor, I was already tired. That's how out of shape I am. I, it was bad. It was bad to run like that. And I judged those players based off of their talent, not by their stamina. And that's the most important thing in my life right now is stamina. Not the talent-wise. The talent don't go too far. I can still shoot, although I did airball my first shot. But that was just me being pure excited, not gathering my feet, not getting enough lift, and just using all arms. You know what I mean? It, it, and it, I'm pretty sure if I would have put a little bit more uh, in it, it would have went in. <laughs> it was for sure straight. It was good. Um, but it, it, it didn't make it there. Um I got the strength. I got old man strength now, but I'm also heavy. I'm heavy in my feet. I'm heavy up top. You know what I mean? So I'm not able to get up there like that anymore. Uh, my slides are still there. My defensive slides are still there, but that's exerting too much energy, too much energy. But, you know, a little pride, a little ego stepped in a little bit. I play, I play good. I play good. But after that one game, I got off the court. I told, I told them niggas, my pride is out the door. My ego is flat. My humbleness has now stepped in and settled in, and it, is de it definitely stepped in and is talking to y'all and saying, hey, y'all pick up another person. You know what I mean? And that's where it was. So, uh, But I got to get back at it, though. And that just showed more respect that I had to give towards these athletes, these professional athletes, who seem to like not being able to play a long length of games, but at the same time, they are playing uh, the professionals of the world. You know, the best, the cream of the crop, the best. Um, and I'm nowhere near that. Oh, I'm, I, I'll never reach that pinnacle. No, 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 no. If I can get, if I can get to a point where I can play three games back to back to back, 
then I'm good. I don't need anything like that. You talking about a cat back in the day in my prime, we playing about anywhere between five to seven games a night. Hell yeah. So that's about it though. At the end of the day, um, we got a good series. We got a good series coming, uh, game seven. Um, I'm out of shape and that's it, man. I mean, we got, we, football is on the way. This is the part of the season where, um, you know, after the finals, that's when my, that's when my sports podcasting got to switch around and we got to start some arguments because there won't be any content to create off of when it comes to games because the finals would be over in about a week and a half. You know what I mean? So with that being said, overrun with BTG. The gym is now closed by the grace of God. I'll see y'all next week and see what we're going to be talking about. By, by the time we get to next week, we're going to, uh, shit, Miami and Denver going to be what? About three or four games in? I, I would say so. Shout out to Jimmy, man.